0: Hello, and welcome to Building High Performance Cultures, a weekly series where we talk with executives from top organizations about how they built high performance cultures and how they're leveraging their culture as competitive advantage. I'm Marty Parker, the president and CEO of Waterstone Human Capital, and my guest today is the co-founder and principal at Page Two, Jesse Finkelstein. Jesse, welcome to Building High Performance Culture.
1: Thanks so much, Marty. I'm really glad to be here with you.
0: Well, delighted to have you. Now, a little bit about Jessie. She has spent, if it looks like uh, uh, by design, she spent her uh, her days and nights around books. She has, in fact, it's been her entire career. But prior to co-founding Page Two, Jessie had several management roles at publishing houses, including the COO of DNM Publishers and Associate Publisher at Raincoast Books. She holds a master's degree in publishing from Simon Fraser University and is also an adjunct professor in publishing at the university. She also serves on the board of Creative BC, which is an organization that's devoted to supporting the growth of cultural industries. And I'm thrilled to announce that Jessie and her incredible team at Page 2 Publishing uh, are publishing my second book, which is called The Culturepreneur, How High-Performance Leaders Craft Culture as Competitive Advantage, which will be out, I can't believe it, we're almost there, in April of this year. So, Jesse, for people who aren't familiar with Page 2, tell us a little bit about the organization.
1: Thanks, Marty. So, Page 2 is a company built around subject matter experts. We love to help people who are experts in their field, people who are innovators, people who are publishing as part of their, uh, what they love to do in the world. We love to help them publish really well that's that's kind of the beginning and the end of uh, who Page Two is and why we do what we do. All
0: right. Now, when you were building the organization at Page Two, and I often ask this question of entrepreneurs like yourself, was corporate culture something you were thinking about?
1: I'd love to say yes, that I was absolutely intentional about all of it. In the In the most honest way, I'll tell you, when my business partner, Trina and I, were planning the launch of Page 2, we had both come out of some very difficult uh, workplace scenarios. We had, um, like in many different media organizations, we had been through company closures, um, layoffs. The, we met at a company that went through a bankruptcy process, unfortunately, and it was an incredibly difficult and in some ways very life-changing process where we learned a lot about human, like the human impact of of a corporate culture when you're going through the absolute worst. And in a way, the story of page two is very much the story of my partnership with Trina. She and I didn't know each other very well at that point. We hadn't been working together for very long, but when that company went through the bankruptcy process and both of us were leaders within the company having to help navigate the team and our authors and everybody through that, that process, I think Trina and I. You know how in the in the hardest of times, you get to see what people are really made of. And I looked at Trina and I thought, I'd like to work with that person because she showed up with resilience and guts and energy, and uh, and we were able to help. A lot of people and, and be helped by others in in navigating and safely selling the assets of the company and, and all kinds of things. So when we launched page two, to be frank with you, we did have a vision for building a team, but that was almost secondary. We were originally thinking about which kinds of authors do we want to serve and what kinds of books do we want to publish? And we are thinking about the work more than the people. And Yet as we started building our team, we looked first to their expertise. We hired the top creative director in the country, the top editorial director, and we were looking for people who were at the top of their game. Again, truthfully, not thinking too hard about culture. And yet a few years in, as I'm sure is the case for so many, and I know through you and your work is the case for so many, we we had the rubber hit the road as our team grew and suddenly we realized we really have to be intentional about this and it was our team themselves they were saying to us what do we really stand for what do we really represent beyond what we do who are we and 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 they looked we we kept turning it back to them we thought we were being great leaders by saying to the team well it's you know we're going to build this together you guys tell us And they kept saying, but to Trina and me, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your leadership. So it's been through that experience, really our team almost teaching us first about what they need and us trying to respond to them. And we have, because we work in these core categories of business and leadership um, and self help, there's such interesting work being done right now. Your book is a pivotal Mm -hmm. example of really the intersection between business, leadership, and personal development. And we're learning a ton from our authors as well. So we're learning through the books that we're publishing.
0: That's not an uncommon story, but your story is unique as well. So yeah. with that, now, how many years later? Eight, nine years later?
1: Almost eight.
0: Almost eight years later. Yeah. How would you now describe the culture of page two?
1: So I think we have a, a very transparent And very collaborative culture. We have, we also really aspire to being direct with one another wherever possible. And I say aspire, I think it's a challenging thing to do um, and to achieve for all of us. And I have to say, through the pandemic this year, we found it especially challenging trying to achieve that level of, you know, candor. Directness, transparency, clear communication. When none of us can be in the same space together, um, and I know that's a particular issue, but it, it really does engage the, the the mind around these issues when you you literally can't even give someone a cup of tea when they're having a hard day, right? And so we we aspire to being uh, quite an open and transparent culture, and that's what we're hearing from our team
0: so what has been your experience with the way that corporate culture has been presented in nonfiction which is really your your core competency and your specialty
1: exactly it's evolved over the years it, it, you know in books in book publishing we have to think a lot about categories uh, book categories in a very literal sense, in a a way that sometimes people are a bit flummoxed by because we often have to look at a book and say, is this this leadership or is it, you know, motivational? Or is this personal development or is it professional development? And you and I both know those things really intersect in the most meaningful way. Um, I can read your book and actually apply a lot of those principles at home with my husband and kids whether they like it or not, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> to, their be- to their benefit. Um, and so, so we know that, those, that the often books blur the lines between those categories and that's actually a great thing. However, for the sake of setting up a strong sales and marketing campaign, you need to appreciate who the readers are and what their expectations might be. So when we start thinking about, when, when I think about books in these categories, and how corporate culture has been represented in book publishing, first of all, for a long time, it wasn't. The books in the business leadership category were just about strategy or you know, some of the kind of hard skills. Uh, your first book, my understanding is that it would have landed at a time where you would have been completely on the cutting edge. And you still are in terms of where the level of dialogue and the level of thoughtfulness about the subject but now you're publishing, of course, at a time where there are a lot more conversations happening around mm-hmm. corporate culture. And, and so I've seen an evolution. Right now, I'm really fascinated by the blurring of the lines and the fact that, that I think the readers do appreciate the intersection of the personal and the professional, which is really the heart and soul of what, what you help us do through your work every day.
0: I'd love you, if you would, Jesse, to walk us through the process for determining which process and, you know, which projects, I should say, and which authors that you take on and how you're so um, effectively able to champion so many kind of diverse subjects. It's it's behooves me, actually. Well,
1: it's um, we started, as I said, by thinking about the books. And of course, we thought about the authors, but we were thinking a lot about subject matter. We had to determine who, what, what subject areas uh, did we feel we could serve very well. And we realized very quickly the joy we have day to day is very much about the actual relationship um, that we developed with the authors. So we like to think about not just which kinds of books we're, we feel we can really help to produce in a very successful way, But what kinds of authors, what is the mindset that you bring to that work? And what I mean by that is we working with someone like you, who is very much uh, a master of your domain, right? You have a level of mastery in your area of expertise. And you also have a sense of why you want to express that in book form. That might seem so obvious to people, but if you, I often say to people in those early conversations, why a book? Why isn't this a magazine article? Or why isn't it, uh, you know, a a web series? Or it could be all kinds of things. So, why a book? It's authors who really appreciate and believe in what the book specifically can do for them and for their organizations in terms of distilling their thought leadership, uh, being able to help develop their own profile, in, in many cases, uh, our authors are running businesses like yours where they're also, they're doing new things with their business. And so the book can also serve to illustrate um, almost walking, walking the talk of what they're actually doing. So that's the mindset of the author we love to work with. And often I will, we, we ha- I'll be evaluating uh, a possible candidate, you know, a, a possible author with, with whom we might build a relationship with. And if I feel that there's maybe a lack of synchronicity between what the author wants to do and what we feel we can help them deliver on in, in a very successful way, that's, that's when I might decline. It, it's very much about authors who, who see that intersection what the book is why they're the best author to write it what it can do for their business and then we can meet them there and then help them elevate the experience
0: I'm curious to know Jesse what you know what if there was one thing that you could tell people to keep an eye out for when they're reading the culturepreneur what would that be
1: I would say to think about that how unique is that concept of looking at the lens of corporate or looking at corporate culture from the perspective of, you know, the preneur aspect of what you do, that, that entrepreneurialism is not something that everyone is going to see in themselves, right? And your book is not for entrepreneurs per se, but, but the, the, that idea of imbuing the way you look at corporate culture with that spirit of ownership and that level of clarity, I think that's really what's so unique about this book compared to others in the category. And it really speaks to me as someone who, who loves, has always loved their craft, but didn't necessarily think of myself as an entrepreneur or a culturepreneur before building and running the business. And publishing classically is a a business that is about the craft rather than the, the, People within it, I'd say. So I feel when people come to the to culturepreneur, I think they might think differently about their own whatever their respective fields are. You'll be able to take them kind of out of the forest, right? Or seeing the forest for the trees? Is that yeah, exactly. They sure. can see they can see the trees, and i I think that is really what people should anticipate being able to come to that subject matter and look at it in a little bit of a different way than they've ever thought about it before, no matter what your
0: background is. That's a really interesting perspective and and I'm glad that 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 was come. I think, we'll see how it goes, but I think um, I think it is one of these books and certainly was intended to be where the, the as you said, the synchronicity, but really the, the coming together of two very different things, how we lead and our own personal style and how we adjust that style to others, very different than when some of us were raised as in, into the organizational world and we just responded to our leaders and didn't ask questions and, and just did our jobs the best we could. Uh, and also you know, that combination of that, which is deeply personal and the professional, the idea that culture is now at the center, and that can solve not only issues that drive higher levels of performance in business, but with culture at the center, it can have an impact on not just economic results, but human capital results, societal results, even environmental uh, results. And so uh, it's, uh, I, I think it's unique, it made it challenging trying to address both, but we, we had good advisors and great help through that process. But, uh, changing the subject a little bit, Jesse, what's the one piece, piece of advice that you'd give to somebody who is contemplating, considering becoming an author?
1: Find the right partners to work with, whatever that means to you. Uh, it could be, for example, if you are keen to work with a traditional publisher, as you say, Marty, that it is a different process and it's typically, um, you, you, won't, you won't be under the hood with your publishing team in the same way that you are at page two. Uh, as a service-based business, it's incumbent on us to be transparent with our authors too about the process. And our, our kinds of authors, they want to know the why, they want to know the how, and they're in it with us. Not, not that you know not that you want to sweat all the details we like to sweat some of those on your behalf where possible but you're very much you are taking ownership of those publishing decisions so you need to know what's going on and how in the traditional model you won't it it doesn't work that way and you don't have the same opportunity however you could form a very strong partnership with your editor for example or maybe there's someone at that publishing house who really really gets you and really gets what it is that you're trying to do. And so that's what I always recommend to people is, feel, you know, ensure that you feel that it's the right home for you because people understand uh, what you're writing about and why.
0: Yeah, and, and they share a passion for it in, in their own way. I would say it comes, you know, I was told many years ago by a family member, you are the company you keep. And right. uh, and it's uh, I think it's exactly what you've said. Now, let's bring it to, into what is now we're starting to experience the seconds of everything through this COVID 19, the second series of birthdays, second series of uh, you know, of, of all sorts of things. But uh, as it relates to the COVID ni- uh, 19 pandemic, how has Page Two and the publishing industry fared in general?
1: It's been so for the industry, it's been all over the map. It's been very unpredictable. Certain categories of, of books have really flourished. Others have really not done very well. There there have also, and, and in unpredictable ways, some things are maybe more predictable. For example, after, and this isn't COVID related per se, but as, as an example, after, um, the dialogue around racial injustice and racially motivated violence um, kind of reached a fever pitch in June, suddenly there was a huge demand for works by authors who were writing on subjects of diversity and inclusion, for example. So suddenly those those took off in some cases at the expense of books that were maybe motivational in nature or self-help or other categories. We also had an election at the same time. So it was kind of insane trying to figure out when to publish and how. But we knew about the election. We didn't know about COVID. We didn't know about all kinds of other things that were going to crop up. So, but what it, what it meant is that I think publishers of all stripes, including page two, were having to just more than ever really be as immediately responsive as possible we were having to, to get very creative about how we were doing things and why. So we saw suddenly a shift to online launches, for instance. As challenging as that is and, and potentially unsatisfying, because you, you know, it's great to have a launch party where you can kind of clink glasses and and yet at the same time, we saw some amazing scenarios in which our authors, there was such an easy conversion rate to online sales. So someone would, and suddenly you could open up invitations to people who otherwise could never have made it to a launch. So we saw a high level of engagement upon launch for a lot of authors who otherwise wouldn't have received the same level of engagement on the sales and marketing side. So it's, it's just having to rethink every single thing that you do. Um, it was challenging. And I know the whole world has really faced that. For page two specifically, like for many for many teams, we're used to being uh, many of us together in the same space. We, we had a great remote working setup already and lots of team members would cycle in and out, but we have this home base here in Vancouver and it's a very creative collaborative process. And I desperately am missing looking over the shoulders of our design team as they're doing their amazing work or having an offhand conversation with our editors about what you know what sort of new subtitle they're helping an author dream up so we miss those things and they have provided stress points for our team and the work that we do the, the staff have been incredible you know everybody's online we're we're finding ways to connect with one another we changed our work habits so that we're all able to kind of have that, replicate that same collaborative aspect of what we do in all kinds of ways. And using all the technology at our disposal to do that. But I won't lie, it's been a grind and we are feeling it, absolutely. And we've been trying to find some ways to mitigate it throughout. As leaders, it's been the biggest challenge. I thought the biggest challenge of my life would be that bankruptcy process that I told you about, as well as building a new company. But really in terms of that level of anxiety around your people and how they're faring, I thought that that was it. But it's actually now. It's anxiety around our team, how they're feeling, how they're doing, and our authors as well. who are going through some really tremendous times right now.
0: So listen, I have to ask you, because I've become a huge fan of page two and its people and its culture, but what excites you the most about your company and really about the future of publishing?
1: So about my company, well, you may not be surprised to hear me say, even though the culture piece was a bit of an afterthought, I have found, and and, and in the beginning, I think because I was really ground down by the previous experience I had working at that other company, I thought, I. I don't know that I even have the energy to manage a team. We knew we had to do it because Trina and I had a vision for a team. It wasn't going to be the Jesse and Trina show, Um, but I couldn't really envision it. And yet now I find that the, the experience, like the very, the experience of that human interaction is, is the most gratifying, both with our authors and with our team. And so that. I'm realizing that there are aspects of team building that completely energize me. And I just feel so proud. Uh, I feel so proud of them uh, as well as of our authors. And that feels great. When it, and that excites me every day. It really does. When it comes to company culture, what excites me is also doing some things that are a little bit different. Some things that maybe we've started to talk about, but, they might at first blush seem difficult to put into practice. So for example, finding ways to support team members in non-traditional work arrangements. We've all had a really crash, a crash course in that through the pandemic. Every work arrangement is now sort of non-traditional, right? Um, sure. But we did that long before the pandemic. Trina and I both, we built the company with small children underfoot and no childcare. Um, we knew firsthand how with the right mindset and the right connection between who you are, what you want to do, and the right working setup, you could get so much out of, you could get the best out of people if you could design it around them. So we, we, we did very intentionally. One thing we were totally intentional about was trying to build roles around people and build even the infrastructure around what people needed. So I'll give an example. Our sales and distribution director, Lorraine, comes to us from the music industry. She didn't have a, an extensive book publishing background, but working in a very similar, you know, it's a very similar field with lots of overlap. And we actually could see right away when we met her, wow, there's so she could bring so much fresh insight to sales and distribution for books by what she knows in the music industry so that was one thing but it was also when she came to us she she had and still has three small children you know not and i don't think she'd mind me saying she didn't have a robust child care set up at the time but we just thought she's one of us we have to find a way to make this work and she gave us her all in the hours that she had and and she came in to do some contract marketing work and quickly we moved her into this like utterly key very senior role and built built it around her and she even when she was with us on a part-time basis she she worked she was worth four, four full-time people if you see what i mean and so We've really built a company in intentionally around that. We often joked, uh, Trina and I, that we we in, we could see building a whole company of parents coming back from paternal leave. You know, some people, think, and I've had some some of my friends or family, as we've been talking about navigating maternity leave replacements and things like that, saying that must be a real challenge. You know, don't you just not want people to go off on leave and do stuff? And I. I just say, the thing is we've now had an experience with, um, we had our first mat leave replacement. We had to navigate that a couple of years ago. And, okay. and when, uh, when that person came back, she already was so engaged. She was even more engaged. So we, again, the time you get out of people when they're, they're so there and present with you is, is worth its weight in gold. So, um, yeah, that's what I feel excited about. And then for the publishing industry, I feel excited about the fact that there are so many more options for people to get their work into the world. That's one of the like the, the most fundamental principles behind page two, demystification of the industry, a respect for the author's own market intelligence, and a real belief in bringing a very high le- the fact that bringing a very high level of professional service to subject matter experts we can help them create brilliant books and i just feel galvanized by that idea that it's no longer just about what the publisher wants and needs and what the retail market dictates but it's about with the right form of publishing partnership people being able to have more ownership and control of their own work. And I think that that results in some really wonderful books and also some very unique publishing experiences that couldn't have happened in uh, a uniquely sort of traditional landscape.
0: Mm, Interesting. Well, everything you're talking about is in terms of adapting your style as an organization, your culture, if you will, and your leadership style around people that you value. In the book, it's called bespoke leadership.
1: It's really
0: about being a culturepreneur. That's what it is. And I think, you you know, you happen to be in a hybrid publishing business that works in the professional space Mm -hmm. of nonfiction, who really specializes in kind of, as you said, demystifying, but your core competency may actually be your people and how you work with your people. And I would say it was a big part of our experience in working with you. Um, And so, you know, talking about that, I'll ask you this, it might be a hard question to answer, but what's the one thing you wish you'd known when you started page two and started on your journey uh, as I'll call it a culturepreneur that you now, Mm
1: I, so I have a very obvious answer. I think that that has that most entrepreneurs probably say. I wish that I had had I'd lost less sleep over cash flow and you know the kind of the start not just startup but over being a first-time entrepreneur. That because this is my where I'm at and this is my experience. I wish that I had sweated that a little bit less and had more faith because uh, it took extra effort to summon the energy I needed, I think, to support my team and, and our authors in the right way. I, I did it, but I think it was at the expense of my own you know, stress levels in, in significant ways. Fortunately, I had in Trina someone who, you know, Trina certainly has her own points of stress and anxiety, but hers are different from mine. So I was really lucky in that way, but I I had to rely on her and her faith many, many times in building this. So that's one thing that I, I don't know how I would have changed that, but I wish that I had worried a little bit less. And I'm grateful to be at the point where I still worry about all kinds of things, but not in that foundational way. We're just very much up and running and making it happen. And I guess the other thing that I wish I had thought about, I I think I wish that I would have had maybe a bit more faith in something you described too in the book in terms of that bespoke leadership uh, quality. I, I wish I'd had more trust and faith in our form, our unique form of leadership, what it is that that we bring to the table trina and me and page two that's very uniquely ours and that is utterly legitimate and actually very effective as a leadership strategy and something that works for our team and for our authors as well
0: now jesse you get to you get to be a mentor here for for just a minute Uh, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just starting out Let's call them as a culturepreneur, uh, who's just maybe even also in the publishing business. What would what, what's the one thing you would share with them that you would have wanted to know?
1: I think I would I would tell them that maybe it's it's an aspect of of trusting themselves and really believing, sort of tuning into what it is that fires them up, and letting that lead what they do and how they do it rather than, and I guess that's a variant of just do what you feel passionate about. But I know that that's a complicated thing to do, especially in today's world. Uh, I have an almost 16 year old. We met with his guidance counselor to start looking ahead to university and where's he gonna go? And does he take this path or that path? And and I'm very aware, I remember going that through that myself and feeling worried about studying literature at a time where I knew I would have to pay off student loans and then figure things out and make a living. So now in today's world, though, those worries have, inc- have just increased, right? It's We all know those stories. So it's easy to say, just do what you feel passionate about and it'll work out. I guess it's a modified version of that. It's being really thoughtful and intentional about, as I say to my authors, what is your unique value proposition? What do you bring that? is unique to, to you and what you do. And that's something, not just what other people are saying about you, but something that really does emerge naturally for you. And tune into that and let that be the guiding light for you and what you do. Because I do believe that if that's at the core, you're going to find a way to be successful in wherever that leads you.
0: And, and having lived that on the other side of that, you do do that. And sometimes that's not the same as your business. Sometimes yeah. your book is complementary, but has a slightly different, uh, uh, you know, different differentiated value proposition, use a marketing term. It's a different story of the story. Exactly. And, and that's really, uh, really important to kind of understand. And it, I found it, I thought I knew. And, and again, it was a discovery for me. Yeah. Last question, Jesse, mm-hmm. Looking ahead, I don't know, three years, four years, five years. What do you see as critical to sustaining or uh, transforming your culture at page two?
1: I think being able to ensure that everybody on the team um, is continually finding ways to Own their role and helping them refine that over time, because it does change, right? And and especially today. Um, And so, not taking those things for granted, constantly being on the lookout for opportunities where we could help open up space for for those people to to explore, and. You, I mean, sometimes there are significant limitations within the the context of your company, and that's reality. But there are often ways in which you can you can play with some things that you thought were uh, that you couldn't. So it's worth staying open to those opportunities on behalf of your team. And it's amazing what can happen when you do. The the person who is now. Our director of operations, who's a complete linchpin for the company and has effectively built all the systems on which our company hinges, came to us as an editorial intern, and she she was an excellent editor, but she had all of these other kind of capacities, and we can see her looking looking askance at our systems at the time, um, which were being held together by duct tape and a few Excel spreadsheets, and thinking, okay, they're you, we need to kind of upgrade and professionalize these things. So by, by opening ourselves up to that, her talent just blossomed. And I think we have to make sure that as we grow as a company, we, we stay, we really keep a focus on that and not just say like, oh, great, you know, that person's doing a great job and let's just, we want to keep, they just, we just want to keep them doing that because it's easier for us, right? Less friction, but yeah, room for growth. It's a big yeah. one, I think.
0: Jesse, this was terrific. Just a few things that I'll kind of take away from this. There's a lot, um, but you know, from what you said was not intentional um, has really become this transparent, candid, um, place where people can grow and develop and you found there's some similarities in in those people in terms of being parents or coming back to the workplace but really what you're saying is that you're going to work around their strengths you're going to work around the things that make their lives work and that's what uh being a culturepreneur is really all about you've talked a lot about um what i would say is this uh what made you different which you're in fact, clients, your customers, told you this pride, this passion, this—I'm I'm, going to call it—phenomenally helpful, supportive, and timely attitude, uh, and uh, a and really an engaged, active, collaborative process. And I would—I would say that is a massive point of difference. It's not the hybrid publishing that—that that differentiates you. It's your care, uh, your your energy and your thoughtfulness of how you engage with your authors. And I can say that as one of them. And it, it was an exceptional experience. And I learned as much as I, uh, in terms of how to serve and operate clients uh, as I ever have through the last number of months, working not just with you, but with, uh, with your team members who, every one of them I think has been exceptional. Uh, but I really think you ought to be thinking even more about the care, passion, trust and development that you have uh for your your customers similarly to your people and uh and i think that's really what's going to make you a you know a a culturepreneurial organization it is less about the system and more about how you interact and care each and every day and it's obvious to me that you do that and uh, it is not about business school, and it is not about taking what anyone else does, it's taking those unique elements of what you have and strengthening them and uh, finding more people to support them. So I know your future is going to be far greater than your past. Uh, I can tell just by having worked with you, but also hearing how you and your team members think. So I wanna thank thank you again, Jesse Finkelstein, the co-founder and principal of Page Two for all the time you've given. And I can tell everybody on this, and I haven't told Jesse that, if you're looking at working with a publisher where you really wanna partner, uh, Page Two should be your first call.
1: Thank you so much, Marty. And can I, as your publisher say, watch for a culturepreneur coming April, 2021. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Online, direct delivery everywhere, everywhere books are found online, go get it.
0: And I'd ask all of you to join us next week for another episode of Building High Performance Cultures. And if you're interested in the subject matter further, please go to waterstonehc.com.